one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, prospectors, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast. The podcast where we delve into those salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the saltiest stories we can, those salty confessionals, bring them back up in our little mind cart and share them with you, our listeners. Uh, we're going to be talking about salty stories, maybe telling some jokes, maybe sharing some wisdom. Maybe we don't do any of that and it's just silence for the next hour. Probably not because uh, I do love to talk. So that is pretty much impossible for me. Um, as always, I am your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say, Hey guys. What up, what up, what up? Hey guys. Hey guys. Indeed. Nice. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. It's stupid. It's a good bit. People expect it now. They get mad at me when I don't do the bits, Mike. Do the bit. We get like angry fan mail when I don't do the bits. So. So who's the real villain here? Uh, <laughs> and today we are also joined by a new friend of ours, MJ, the host of MTG in Quarantine, a fantastic podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, you got to check it out. Mike and I are going to be on an episode either soon or we already have been or it's coming out soon or, you know, whatever. Time is a, an illusion. It's a flat Or circle. that episode never airs because you guys were trash. Yeah, <laughs> they just deleted it. <laughs> like, this is trash. MJ, what is going on? Sup guys, how's it going? Pretty good, man. So Thanks good. for jumping on. How's all that podcast editing doing? You're you're fucking cranking <laughs> them out, man. <laughs> yeah, you know that that's the thing about podcasting. It's like it's it's kind of like a drug, right? It's like you you do you take that first episode, then you kind of do a second or third episode. You're not quite sure exactly what you want to do, and after like two years, you're trying to poop them out as fast as possible. So <laughs> you know that's the creator life. So yeah, I, I respect the hustle. <laughs> yeah, always on that grind. There's there are a few breaks, uh, especially if you're trying to do something like weekly or are you weekly? Or are you like multiple a week? Um, usually weekly kind of depends on how much of a backlog I have. Uh, recently, yeah. like when you guys were on the show, I have a lot of backlog episodes. So, you know, I try to get out two a week if I can. Doesn't mean they're two quality episodes, in, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm my biggest critic, right? You know? Yeah. Right. There's usually at least one good quality episode per week. Second, second episode is kind of like a bonus if it's halfway decent. Yeah, that's a nice <laughs> perspective of looking at it. <laughs> Sometimes I think about like if I would ever do a solo episode or something like that for our patrons for the Howling Salt Mine. I think it would be a dark spiral of narcissism for me <laughs> if I ever just had a don't microphone to it. myself for an don't hour. Do it. <laughs> I don't think that's in the contract. I don't think we talked about that. I think yeah. Sam's just thinking about that on his own. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's up for the next round of contract revisions with you guys. So uh, it'll be up for debate. Well, MJ, thank you for joining us today. Um, we're going to slide a smooth transition into our interview portion of the podcast. Uh, it's very grueling, so I hope that you are ready and you've studied and uh, you've brought your A-game today. Because uh, these are hard-hitting questions. I risk studied, so I paid the one. I'm ready to go, Sam. Bring it on. 
So our first question is, how did you get into playing Magic? Yeah, so um, that's actually a really good question that I'm sure the listeners on my podcast are probably sick of me talking about because I bring it up every like three or four episodes. I swear it's relevant. But uh, yeah, so I started playing Magic back in 2019. So, you know, not too long before COVID. But basically the story goes, I was really bored one weekend and I had gone to a local game store where I was living at the time, you know, kind of started to think, okay, do I want to get back and playing Yu-Gi-Oh, things like that, which I used to do back as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, 15 mm-hmm. some years ago, figured, okay, you know, I have all these old cards, but you know, the games moved past me, right? So maybe I'm now at the age where magic actually makes sense. I tried mm. to look at it when I was 10 or something like that. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Figured, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm probably smart enough. I have a college education. I'm probably smart enough to play magic now, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just went over to a to comic book store at the mall, picked up one of the deck builders toolkits. The funny thing is, as soon as I picked up that toolkit, I just had this feeling like in, in my bones, like, I feel like I'm going to start obsessing over this and spending an awful lot of money on this game. It's just like, I'm just holding this thing. Open. It's like, I have a feeling this is going to be a money sink. And I'm going to guarantee you that four years later, it has been a money sink and a half. So yeah, that, that, that's basically yep. how I you know started playing. I opened the cards. I had some booster packs sent around. Obviously, they don't make the product anymore. But the point is, you know, make a deck. Went to a local game store that next weekend to because they had a learn to play event. No one showed up, uh, oddly enough, for, for that one. It was a really small store, kind of just a one-man operation. And the guy just eventually asked, hey, do you know how to play Magic? I said, no, can you teach me? So he literally just 1v1 taught me how to play Magic. And <laughs> nice. I just you know, started playing kitchen table stuff for a couple months. Then right after that, heard about this weird format called Commander where you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. Went to a different game store where they have it on Sundays. And yeah, the fate was sealed. Excellent. Nice. So you're normally playing Commander, but uh, I know you dabble in CDH as well, right? Yeah, I, I've i really been getting more into CDH in like the last year or so. It, I'm going to be frank with you guys. I used to hate CDH players because I thought that, <laughs> oh, your club stomp, because again, a few salty stories that may or may not come up tonight. Exactly. Of, you know, kind of people kind of towing the line uh, yeah. between the two. So I, I used to hate CDH players. And then I finally said, screw it. Everyone else seems to be having such a good time. What am I missing out on? You know, got hooked up with uh, Dan over Moderately Anonymous. Uh, they had me on the stream. Oh, sweet. You know, I, I got to learn a lot of things. I released my first episode on CDH, like, right afterwards. Cool. And um, basically been trying to, to get into more of that recently. I played Silicon Dynasty last month. Oh, hell yeah. Um, did horribly, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't there to compete and win. Um, you know, it is more about the experience and the, the camaraderie with other creators and just friends in the community so i don't feel bad about going to that event at all it was it was really fun and i really enjoyed myself oh that's awesome man yeah that event looked like it was super super fun i would love to be doing more cdh playing mm-hmm. uh in person like tournaments and stuff like that like i know punt city's coming up and it's going to be in philly in like march i want to say but like I'm going to Philly in February. So, you know, to go like a second time and I don't know, it's just kind of a lot in a small period of time. So the timing yeah. just isn't perfect, but I would love to be doing more of that, like CDH tournament stuff to frankly, just to lose. So I could learn a bunch. Totally. You should do these mocks masters, Sam. You, uh, there's, yeah, this, I know 
I don't. Yeah, know. They're going to do like an invitational if for people that like do well in a bunch of them. They're going to do an in-person one. Oh, but you got to like qualify for it. Yeah, Seth, so you got to start sick. earning those points. Yeah, you start grinding the tournaments, man. Points. So our next question, MJ, is what makes you salty? What makes me salty? You know, that's a very interesting question. I would say everything and nothing in a way. Um, <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of depends on, you know, depends on the day, depends on if you're cranky, right? Is, you know, I think really what makes me the saltiest is kind of just being locked out of game actions just due to turns taking forever. I mean, it's a four player game. We know it's going to take a long time. And like, like in Silicon Dynasty, having to sit through two underworld breach loops in a row um <laughs> took like 35 minutes i'm just sitting there for you know 45 minutes without taking a single game action because i'm basically basically have sixth out of the game i was like yeah. i you know you know what your fate is but unfortunately you have to play it out because you know other things are on the board mm-hmm. and i guess you get kind of i mean not really like tilted but you get a little bit salty just because i think you get bored totally so it, it so i wouldn't really call this like major salt it's more just boredom really mm-hmm. i think yeah. what really makes me salty though um just as sometimes you know power level i mean I, again i i hate saying power level because i feel like it's it's trash i did a whole episode on on the numeric power level and yes <laughs> hell I, yeah for, for the record i did spend about like 10 minutes talking about microwaves on that episode i'm not kidding <laughs> but um yeah I, and, and again if you seriously you can check that episode out if you're interested in hearing me rant about microwaves for 10 minutes about power level but anyway <laughs> uh, the, the real point is, is that what really makes me salty is games where you have a severe mismatch between decks. This is typically not a problem with CDH, but in more casual tables, you know, the whole rule zero conversation is great. But in my experience, a lot of people give me kind of that thousand yard stare when I ask them what their deck does. And it's like, you know, dude, you built the deck, right? You should know what it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? Come on. Totally. And it's, it's like, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, my deck does this, blah, 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 blah. You could at least tell me that. And I think that imbalance and kind of the secrecy really pisses me off the most and makes mm-hmm. me the most salty. It's like, you know, you you actively try to dissuade me from knowing what you're playing or when you take it to the nth degree, actually actively lying about your deck too. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. that, that is exactly mm. what makes me the most salty. And I do have a story about that one I can bring up if you wish. Oh, yeah. Hit us with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Tell us that right now. Yeah. So I had some friends at an old GS. This is like uh, August last year, I think. And yeah, so so I'm one of the guys going out of town. So it's like this might be the last time I get to see the guy for a while. Um, Yeah, he's moving out of town and go to the LGS. All right, we're going to have a good time. And I I figure, okay, we're going to play with just the three of us. I go to the bathroom. I come back and there's this like teenager who joined the pods. Okay, we have four players, whatever. So we sit down, start doing the, the rule zero conversation. And, you know, I look through, okay, what, what is this with this other kid want to play? I've never met him, never seen him before. I, I, don't, I don't know what his play style is. So guy had Brago out there. It's like, okay, you know, that's, that's an interesting choice. I know what this deck does. <laughs> um, and then I asked my two friends and they had no idea what was going to come. It's like, seriously, this is a problem. But then <laughs> what? that's not the issue. So it's like, okay. Do you have the Brago loops in this deck? I specifically ask you. Guy says no. Okay, I will take you at your word. Yeah, I'm going to keep I'll an eye you. on you. I'm going <laughs> to keep an eye on you, but I'm not. I don't want you to lie to me. So, so I'm going to choose a deck that's not as efficient. And so, like, we start playing, play for about an hour, and then guy drops a fellow at our guardian. It's like, hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm starting to see a combo piece here, but I'm I'm gonna let it slide because he didn't say that uh, he had any combos in there. And you know, two turns later, combo goes off, and it's like I see the whole thing coming. You know, after the game, it's like, dude, you know, you said there wasn't gonna be a combo in this deck, and he said, well, he, you know, you know, it's like it's not that Brago deck, or is it? And it's like under his breath, and he made it, and he made a big deal about it. like. Or is it? It's like, and then I just went off on the guy like a bottle rocket. <laughs> you seriously lied to us, sitting down at the table, taking advantage of my two friends who'd never seen Brago go off, and you lied to my face about it. Uh, it's like it's... I asked you, is this the Brago deck that does the Brago things? How is he gonna pop off if you if you bring things that can compete with it though like, <laughs> yeah he doesn't get to just go off if, if there's anyone you know responding to it if there's any resistance yeah and the thing is is that my friends and i weren't putting up that kind of resistance because we didn't believe it was going to be that sort of game because he said it wasn't going to be a problem oh my god so it's like you know you lied to my face and i basically drove him out of the pod it's like you know what i'm not going to play with someone who lies about the power level discussion yeah yeah that is the the criminal sin i think of the whole real zero conversation made me pretty bitter about it it's like the game is oh, yeah. fine but it's just if you have the gall to lie to my face about what your deck does and lie to people who haven't seen this before it's like you know this this ain't good people <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so scummy it's so scummy it's so in the face of the fact that like you're sitting down to play a fun game with three other people. You're not sitting yeah. down to try to win. Like in a casual game, that's that's not where your goal is. And well, the only reason you, Mike, to lie is <laughs> to try and win, I feel like. Like that's not boosting the enjoyment at the table. No, no. I I even had one of my combo decks there. It's like if, if he had said, Hey, you know, it does the Brago thing, it's like sure. Yeah, I'll play like my combo, power deck combo. And we are totally fine. Totally, I will explain yeah. what this does. You know, I don't mind. It's like if, if I'm playing at that kind of level and with that kind of expectation, that's totally fine. I just don't want you to misrepresent your deck and basically kind of make us feel like we wasted the last hour not making you the threat when you totally were. So Yeah, it just seems like some players have this thing where they do enjoy kind of like catching people off guard. And, and it's like, for them, the rule zero conversation is the antithesis to what they want to do. They're like, I don't, I don't want to tell you what's in my deck because how am I like Tony was joking? Like, how am I going to fucking pop off and crush you with my sweet Brago combo? If you see it coming, like, that's <laughs> yeah. not fun for me. I want, I want you guys to be shocked. And then I want to tell my cheeky little joke on the way out. Like, Ooh, or is it? It's like, yeah, it was motherfucker. <laughs> what do you mean? Or is it? It definitely There's no was. mystery there. <laughs> There's no mystery. You did it. It's, it definitely is that deck. Uh, yeah. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get into it, guys. Yeah, let's read some stories. Do let's. So, you know, as a recap, we're going to be telling some salty stories here. We got some from Reddit. We got some from some listeners, some patrons, and we're going to be dipping into that salt. But Sam, what salt? Great question, Tony. Salt is frustrations in the game. MJ's example is a perfect one, a mismatch of a power level an opponent lying and uh, keeping the intentions of their deck a secret specifically to offset the power balance in the play group, steal a win by no skill of their own, purely just by being deceitful. Um, <laughs> that can make a lot of people pretty darn salty. And, you know, 
Salt also comes in a bunch of different forms. Sometimes maybe you're the person who brought the deck that's too powerful and uh, you just kind of catch that a little bit too late. Things are miscommunicated. It does happen. Uh, but sometimes you're left with that salty taste in your mouth and it can really bring down a game night. Well, let's jump into our first salty story of the evening. This one comes to us from the EDH subreddit, our home field. This is where we love to pull a lot of our salt from. And this one comes to us from user LucidLife9. So if you guys see user LucidLife9 on the EDH subreddit, give them an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that goodwill. And this post is titled, I pub stomped a game on spell table and I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) And the post goes, I haven't won many games with my deck. And for once I pop off a combo and the other players were so mad. I just left the lobby. The room was titled power level four to six. And I recently got my deck rated as a level six and thought that it would finally be a good matchup for me. But instead I turned into the bad guy. There's no other reason for this post. I just feel like a jerk. For those wondering, my combo was having Waste Knot and Archfiend of Ifnir on the battlefield, ciphered with Whispering Madness. I get it. The wheel deck did a board wipe, but there is no need to be so rude about it. I guess I just need to be more wary of the lobbies I join. Hmm. Hmm. Should we read a couple of these cards? We should, but also, how do you get your deck rated? What? Oh, who's you, you don't know about this? So this no. is like this is like a whole thing with playing in some of like the online discords and stuff like that. Like uh basically what you'll do is they have specific lobbies for different deck power levels and you'll submit a list and they have a group of people that like read through the list and rate it in a specific way and give you huh. your power level rating and then based on that you can join in those pods and uh hopefully have a very balanced game that's interesting that's like the closest to a number system almost making sense that i can think of because at least you're getting like this consistent group of people assigning like a relative strength to each other but yeah that's so much it would have so much effort for something so imprecise yeah it would have to be the same people because if yeah. you have like a crew of like five of them doing the rating those five will probably not do it the same yeah I do wonder like what the process is because sometimes with these more convoluted combos, like you may not really see it. Like this is kind of a weird combo that we're working with here. Yeah. Um, And maybe it's not really apparent when you're reviewing a deck list. And damn cypher. I haven't seen a card with cypher get played in a hot minute. Yeah. So let Mm. me, let me read these real quick just so we can get a flavor of what's going on here. So waste not is a enchantment. It costs one in a black. It says whenever an opponent discards a creature card, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Whenever an opponent discards a land card, you add two black mana to your mana pool. And whenever an opponent discards a non-creature, non-land card, you get to draw a card. Now, Archfiend of Ipnir is a five mana, five, four flying demon. It costs three and two black. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature your opponents control. Tony plays this in his... um, What's that deck? Rafine. Yeah, you played in your Rafine deck. Now for the crux of this, Whispering Madness. Whispering Madness is a sorcery, costs two, one blue, and one black. It says each player discards his or her hand, then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way. And it has Cypher, which says 
After you cast it, then you may exile the spell encoded on a creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. So the Archfiend is swinging in a nice beefy flyer. It's connecting. You're casting a copy of Whispering Madness. Everybody's discarding their hands. You're getting a shit ton of value off of Waste Knot. And um, with the Archfiend of Ifnir, you're wiping down all their creatures. How do we feel about this? I mean... Having actually used these cards in different ways myself, um, <laughs> I actually didn't even know they would work together. Technically, just end the game. It just makes everybody miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'm a token player. So this, of course, makes me salty just, you know, in a normalized way. It's like I can't, you know, I, I lose my board and I lose all the cards in my hand. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the best, but I wouldn't exactly go full on tilt mode. I would just try to kill that player you know yeah (laughs) i feel like this is the perfect political moment to start going after them so definitely yeah it's definitely annoying it's definitely kind of those uh, moments Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't exactly rage quit over this sort of thing totally it's also got this interesting thing where your whole table is drawing new cards and it's not the quickest thing like you have to connect every combat with it to to mm-hmm. make it happen so there's definitely some points there where the whole table is getting like a fresh five or six cards and you'd hope that eventually someone would draw into some removal for it too yeah it's a really good point mike i mean with the wheel effect you are sort of getting a fresh hand you know depending on on how many you're drawing but probably like four or five cards at least and i mean that's that's pretty good like you're kind of digging towards an answer with this and then all you need to do is just remove the Archfiend because it's got the Cypher on it. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a two for one at that point. I wouldn't necessarily call this a combo. This just feels like really good synergy and like a pretty decent soft lock on the board. Like mm-hmm. creatures just aren't really going to be able to survive on your opponent's boards with this, this combination of cards out. Earlier, we were talking about how the rating system is bullshit, but do we feel that this is like appropriate for a deck at this power level? I kind of feel like it is. Yeah, I kind of do too. I just still feel like, I don't know, the rating system is so hard. <laughs> and like, I guess I feel like I'm forced to take it with a lot of like, yes, a it grain must have of been salt, per- Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you said it. <laughs> <laughs> that it was like a true ideal scenario of like the same person doing all the rating, all these things. And then like, it was like true. Um, but yeah. otherwise it feels like, how can you really say, um, I will say though, before we switch into that side of it, like I fucking love Archfiend of Ifnir and I play <laughs> it in the deck. So I have to, I feel like I am not allowed to say that it <laughs> drives any salt. Cause I enjoy what I'm playing. And, and um, I really don't like that card. Like yeah, Tony's been playing I it thought. in this Rafine deck. <laughs> And man, it's it's so every time frustrating. it comes down, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's really annoying. Like it's good in that deck. I'm glad you found it, but man, fucking sucks. Well, I had it before because I played it in Anya in the CDH deck, actually. And I think maybe mm. one time I might have like reanimated or something or got it out, but like yeah. it's just a good fucking card. It it is really good. So there's something in this salty story that I kind of want to pick on. And it is that there's a room that allows power level four to six decks to play against each other. Now, you know, again, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We'll say it a million times on this show. 
the power level rating system is a bit bullshit. Uh, it's very arbitrary. It's hard to read. You know, I know there's some metrics that you can try to compare things against. It doesn't always make sense. But four to six feels like a really big band. <laughs> like a six is a bad seven, which is your average, you know, sort of optimized <laughs> deck. A six is a bad seven. A four is like optimized chair tribal, you know, like, like <laughs> I feel like a four is, is not a good deck. Yeah, agreed. Have you ever played in any of these rooms, MJ? Have you ever like messed around with this kind of stuff? No, I honestly, guys, I hate playing online in those sorts mm. of rooms just because <laughs> I, I, it's like, look, there, there's a kid who lied to my face at a local LGS. Am I going to trust people on the internet to do this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the people on the internet are 100% trustworthy. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. no. Uh, honestly, I, I much prefer to play with people I know, you know, either through you know, through Twitter, through the content creation stuff, or, you know, just the people I've actually come to know in person at game stores or whatnot. It's like, I, I get a better experience guaranteed with those folks than I ever would just jumping into a chat room. And I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm a battle cruiser player. Most of the time, it's like, I love Mm. my big, slow, stupid decks that do value stuff i mean that's all mm-hmm. my own play group ever was yeah so mm-hmm. it's like that is exactly where i typically make my hay with a lot of my content and at a different point though there yeah that is a big stretch and again you're pol- having people police themselves and as we've learned everyone's deck is a seven <laughs> no one's deck is a seven i mean guess what you know we're, we're still talking about the incredibles and syndrome 20 years later for that exact reason <laughs> everyone's deck is a seven, then no yeah. one's deck is a seven yeah and it's, it's so like true. Yeah, it's you know, obscure pop culture references aside here. I really think that, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's not the kind of place I'd really trust to go in at that sort of scale. Maybe yeah. CDH. Yes. Maybe it's like, if we're going to all play optimized yeah. decks there, but it was like, honestly, if you guys have looked at the, the names of some of those chat rooms or on there on just every time I close out a spell table game and I'm just sent back to the lobby, it's like, this is <laughs> almost like bullshit fodder. Like really, yeah. it's like how many things, how many filter terms can you put into this thing and, and have it, you know, poop out something halfway decent? Because it's like half the time, I don't even understand where they're going with this. Half the time they're contradictory too. So yeah. What are these? Like, what are these these names? I'm like out of the loop with that. Do like certain spell table lobbies have like very specific names I for mean, what they want to let's have? Let's actually take a look at spell table wizards. Hell yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Um Here's commander uh, hyphen five to seven, and then in uh, and hyphen are actually no, just the brackets. I think um, <laughs> it's like they're like coming in and saying like, okay, it's a five to seven, maybe. Like who knows? Let's see, EDH level seven, two minute turns, smiley face. Two oh. minute turns. That's speedy. Uh, I like that smiley face though. Here's the perfect one I think that kind of encapsulates what it is tuned mid five hyphen six power level. <laughs> how do you read this <laughs> it's a it's not you know you you have your mid five to six but then you have your tuned mid five to six and it, it's just like a totally different ball game yeah a regular really. mid five to six can't hang with a tuned mid to five to no, six they're just more it's a difference in optimization really <laughs> some good ones that just showed up getting toxic l-r-a-f-b v-m now how do you play this game <laughs> or Here's another one. Since we did talk about CDH just a minute ago, nine hyphen ten CDH and in all caps, no mocks. What no the mocks? hell? No mocks. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. No like, mocks. Like, like no chrome mocks. 
Is that just like I, no fast manas? It just says no mocks. CDH nine <laughs> hyphen ten no mocks. Oh my god. What think, is that? Well, there yeah. you go. It's like the Wild West. Then. Yeah, it's like it's like this is the reason why I don't play online. It's like how the yeah. hell are you supposed to figure out where, where you're playing? So yeah, it's yeah. funny because one of our uh, one of our patrons and one of our friends, Sugi Time, um, he he almost exclusively plays what he calls untrusted games. And I think that that's like a pretty common term, but basically just encapsulates exactly what you're saying. All these games online where you don't really trust what your opponent is potentially doing. And he's like, it's, it's the wild West. Like some games are just crazy. Some games, the balance is off. Some games, the balance is like perfect. And it really is something that favors CDH because of the established meta. You can look at four decks and be like, okay, these are CDH decks. They're going to play well together. And then I feel like there's this huge band where there's just no balance or it's very hard to strike. And then you have pre-cons. Uh, and then there's a band below pre-cons where it's like, who is even playing that? And that is also very hard to pin down, you know? Yeah. I do, yeah, I do have one or two decks that actually fall into that category. So. Me too. Below pre-cons? Yeah. Like, yes, like yes, what? Yes. Okay, well, I mean, since you asked about it, um, <laughs> I uh, I have been known to dabble in silver border cards a little bit. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, so people are like, okay, Cornelia, you know, something from Infinity, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, do you really want me to fuck this up that badly? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna do something that no one's going to forget. So I built, and I'm going to get up on Scryfall here. Mm. Because, again, you know, this is... I hear it's faster if you Google it. <laughs> oh my god fuck you tony <laughs> i built and i quote a deck around an old card from unhinged old fogey yes Ooh. i built an old fogey commander deck what's the old fogey i think say? i know old, old fogey is a seven seven dinosaur costing green green and it has i quote phasing cumulative upkeep one echo <laughs> fading three bands with other dinosaurs protection from homerids Snow covered planeswalk flanking and rampage two. <laughs> oh so effectively, what what ends up happening with that deck is I cast Old Fogey on turn two. He phases out turn three, then he comes back turn four with an age counter. I have to pay Echo caught. Actually, Echo doesn't go off. There, there's this whole rat gathering or gatherer ruling where it's like it goes step by step. So literally, the point is I pay cumulative upkeep. I pay a cost. I take an age counter. Actually, I take eight phasing counter off <laughs> oh my god Bogey, and i have a seven seven every other turn with no <laughs> real abilities except for rampage two so amazing and maybe snow covered planeswalk but I mean, the whole deck is basically built around just moving counters around taking counters off old fogey that, that is literally is all amazing. it does plus like some bullshit you know i, I threw galta in there it's like okay I, I can put some decent cards in here, but it's like it's literally built around trying to get this dumb seven seven for two out <laughs> and just kind of weather the storm out. Not having my commander every other turn. It's actually really it, it's a laugh riot. I love I love the banding <laughs> with other dinosaurs too. That's like yeah, that's super yeah. funny. One of our listeners is like a huge banding fan. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Dash Hope sixty nine on Reddit. I hope you're listening. Um, and Dash Hopes loves banding and like has this Elish Norn banding land destruction deck that is that I've seen the list and it's fucking spicy. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is great. I think one of the overall things, just to jump back to the post a little bit here, oh, yeah. one of the things that is like the highest salt component of this to me would actually be uh 
being this player where you think you've checked all your boxes. You think you've done everything possible to make sure that you're not upsetting anyone. You're not pub stomping anyone. You're not going to be mismatched on power level and you show up in a game and you play and it wasn't enough and you still get accused of pub stomping. That would just piss me off to no end. (laughs) What do we think about the salt rating here? Now that we're back from our multiple. (laughs) Yeah. Hi. I I still feel like this is really low salt guys. I mean, it's, it's, I'm I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. Be like, uh, again, do I want to do shakers of salt? Do I want to do comparative foods? I I don't know. It's like, I I have to set a precedent here. Otherwise people are going to say, it's like, ah, come on. MJ is doing the same damn thing everyone else did like i got it i i've made my podcast so i'm doing things differently i don't understand why i didn't think about this earlier um i i guess this is kind of like uh hmm trying to think of what i have in my fridge right now um this is like is it a, a bottle of soy sauce or no, maybe, a can no, of I, sardines can, perhaps a can, of, a can of soup i would say it's like you know it, it kind of a thick soup it's like it has some salt. You're going to feel it a few hours later if you don't drink some water or something. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's got the right components. You know, it's, it's got the the good it's got the good meat in there. That is your combination of cards. And mm-hmm. it just leaves you with a little bit of salt on your tongue afterwards. I mean, like, you get over it, right? It, yeah. Give it some time. Yeah. Like walk away an hour later. You're 100 percent fine. Yeah. And I actually really like that point, MJ, because it's like. It's it's canned soup. Like you knew what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. You yeah. knew to expect a bit of salt in this situation. Yeah, I think this is not super salty. I mean, you know, there's kind of two sides to it, right? Like we have our OP here, Lucid Life 9. If I was them, I would feel a little bit salty just from the situation, but but kind of sulky, like a sad salt. Like like Mike was saying, it sucks to feel like you've gone through the process tried to make a balanced deck and still come up with people kind of accusing you of, uh, you know, creating this like imbalanced game and stuff like that for frankly doing something that is powerful, but it just happens to be like a really interesting combination of cards. Um, if I was the other players, Archfiend of Ifnir is powerful. I've played against it a bunch. It gets you a little bit salty, but not enough to like rage or be like mad at somebody. It seems like too much salt has been poured out and the recipe only called for like a tablespoon. And, you know, these guys are just messing it up. It feels like they're trudging through the salt that they accidentally spilled. (laughs) Yeah. This is like their own salty mistake that they they are having to deal with. Like salt from their tears. (laughs) <laughs> their tears for not being able to remove s tier archfiend of ifnir yeah <laughs> i can nine, see the deck I now it's fine. gonna have archfiend of ifnir stoic angel and siege rhino i'm brewing boys oh, like man. it's happening <laughs> this five color brew it's gonna don't be make so- me do it <laughs> <laughs> with old fogey <laughs> You can awesome. add that one to your salty cars list now, guys. <laughs> yeah. You have my permission to, to borrow this now. So it's a good point. I don't know if there's any uncards on the salty card, so that'll have to be a special breakout oh, moment. Yeah. I don't know if there are any. I don't think they are. It's no. funny because there is like a bunch of salt around those uncards. I think we talked oh, about totally. it in a really old episode specifically with like the acorn stamp and like people yeah. being mad about like how it's been used and implemented and stuff. Um, I actually have never really played any silver bordered magic. 
I haven't played much either. I have like five silver border cards. I don't know how I have that precise number of silver border cards because that's not a pack. You know, it's just like somehow they snuck into my collection. I bought a pack once. I a couple of years ago, I bought one pack just for the hell of it, honestly. And I just hold on to the cards and I got a really nice basic mountain out of it. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah. And I mean, those new packs have those like really sexy galaxy lands. So I think people are still buying the heck out of it, but just not for the actual uncards. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we uh, mosey on to another one, guys? I think we ought to. Let's do it. So our next one comes to us from one of our patrons, Life is Plain. Thanks for supporting Life is Plain. And this one is titled Baby's First Salt. Mm. And the post goes, this is my first salt experience way back in spring 2022, where I poorly built a Zuxara deck, which was poorly optimized, but I wanted to see how it ran. I was new and fancied hanging out with the big boys. A note on my LGS's approach to Friday Night Magic, there ran like a tournament with the best of three rounds. I lost my first two rounds, but they were broadly good experiences. More seasoned players would give me pointers on what to add, what to consider cutting, how to sequence things, all the good stuff we do for new players. Final table, and I was placed with two established players and this third guy, who I'll henceforth refer to as a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) A poor set of mulligans led to a two-land hand, a forest, and a temple of the false god, and a couple of five-plus drops. Oh my god. That sounds like the perfect hand. He's got Temple of the False God. OP Oof. So bad. <laughs> I Take kept another it. one. <laughs> I kept it because I felt the pressure to start. Uh, yeah, nice. I have been there. Yeah, for sure. that hurts. Obviously, I struggled to keep pace. As such, I was left alone by 50% of the table. The wanker, however, targeted my one forest with removal. Huckling to himself no. that he was being evil locked me out for the rest of the game watching the game roll on for 40 minutes until i was knocked out by one of the other guys the wanker didn't even have the stones to use my position to win needless to say i was salty even months later on reflection maybe locking out a player in a tournament was the right call uh, there was prize support so maybe he really fancied the promo playset of consider but I could have just scooped and never returned to the hobby. Uh, we're not a cohort that are naturally socially gifted. And this experience has entrenched in me feeling that new players are the most important people in the room. A negative experience can tank their overall appreciation of the hobby. If you see a kid with an unsleeved precon or even a 31-year-old probation officer with a loose understanding of EDH Rex algorithm, <laughs> be sure they're having fun even when you're trying to win. I'm just lucky I'm so mentally ill that salt drives me forward. Much love <laughs> from the UK. Oh my God. That's, That's a great. great. One. I love I feel that. Like, did I miss it in the, did he know that he was a new player in the beginning? Like, was it like obvious? The the other guy, I mean, yeah. who knows? I, it, it wasn't clearly stated. I I feel like an evil person. I think it's so funny. It's so brutal. It's so brutal, but it's so funny. So you're gonna roll up to the table and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna just choose to be evil today." Tony chooses to be evil most days. Tony does choose violence most days. It's true. In like, I do get it a little bit in like a tournament setting. 
it depends on what it is though if there's like cool prizes and stuff, like but i mean if it's somebody i've never fucking met like I don't know. That's the thing, right? That's balls right there. Just fucking nuke their. <laughs> That's the thing. Forest. This is like a you're playing with your buddies move. Oh not yeah, like a, I would blow up you... Sam's land every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like a we're playing at an LGS and you have a first time player at your table or even a super new player at your table. That's that's savage. Yeah, but that's what I guess I was trying to get at. Like, did they know that it was their? That that's the one thing, but I mean, who knows? But I I think even if someone was an experienced player and they had one forest and a temple of the false gods, yeah, I would laugh anyway and do it. Like, yeah, like You're they're right. out of. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was saying. <laughs> it's like that person is out of the game, right? Like they're probably just straight up out of the game. Yeah. You're not gaining anything from blowing that land up. I mean, I laughed a lot about it. <laughs> if they miss their first two or three land drops after playing those two, you can be pretty confident that they're not doing anything till turn like seven, turn eight, right? Like, no, Sam, yeah, it's nothing minimum. but gas in their hand, obviously. <laughs> in a three-color deck, too. They're playing <laughs> yeah. Zuxara. Like, they only had one of their mana colors anyways. Like, Yeah, it's so I mean, brutal. I get it. I get doing it for the memes is funny. Oh man. That's yeah, I don't brutal. I don't like the potential of like turning someone off from the game. Like that's yeah, that's the sad part for sure. But I'm glad that you liked it. Like clearly <laughs> come back for more. Like. True. <laughs> the salt drives you forward. I just can't get this idea out of my head, just like the you know, the Dr. Evil with my yeah, so no one can see it. I'm holding my pinky here right now. <laughs> and I go, mm. yeah, it's like I'm, I'm I'm going to go to my local LGS and be secretly evil today. It's like and, and that's how you're gonna feel. It's like I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna brush my teeth evilly, I'm gonna eat breakfast evilly, I'm gonna work evilly, and then I'm gonna evilly go to my store to then be vaguely evil and became a commander. It's like, yeah, 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 what the hell? Having having been in this position of having my lands blown up again, uh, thank you to a friend who remained unnamed for the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, this this actually is is a fairly salty moment, especially when you're new. It's like this is you're you're just trying to play. I'm I'm not a fan of tournaments as FNMs, especially for commanders. Yeah. Like this is like what what are you doing? You're missing the whole point of commander. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's it's great for it's great for the grinders, but not great for everybody. So it's like it. I feel like personally, it's, it'd be great if they had multiple options. Like, we just want a free play, just free play. Because having learned how to play just through kitchen table and free play stuff, like, this is literally how you keep new players in there. But yes, I do totally. agree with, with the end of the post there that, you know, new players are important and you want to make sure that they stay playing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, but I really like that line. We were all new players to begin with at some point. We all probably thought of quitting at some point, but we didn't. Now we're here. Now we're just a bunch of talking heads coming to you live on the Helping Someone podcast. So, yeah, it's like, you know, the fact that we're still here means that, that you know, this game did something right. Yeah, I, I feel salty about this, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were noobs at one point and now we're fucking famous magic celebrities. <laughs> um, you know, rubbing elbows with Josh Lee Kwai, the professor. Uh, rubbing more than elbows, you know. Yeah, Tony. Oh, my <laughs> God, Tony. <laughs> Tony wants to bonk bonk on Tony. <laughs> I will say that if if my land was the land that was being blown up, 
there'd be an infinite amount of salt. Like I'd be so upset. So <laughs> I do say from the perspective of the outside <laughs> looking in. Um, but yeah, what do we think about the salt rating here? For me, it's like fine dining salt. It's like I went out and they gave me a little bowl of salt with my nice steak and I get to dip exactly as much as I want in there. And I dip deep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I don't have like a great analogy, but this is the kind of salt that like, you know, this situation, like if it was with your friends, it would be like one of the funniest fucking things. Yeah. It's like it's Goldilocks. Street, it's just right, baby. Yeah. yeah it's just right. But like, like, but like it you wasn't said, with Toby, your friends. And so it was too yeah, much. Exactly. But it's not with your friends. So it is too much, but man, man, I would like dream of doing this to someone in my pod. It'd be so funny. It would just be hilarious, but yeah. don't do it to a new player. <laughs> Oh, I'm imagining and, all three of us and like the reaction that would be had oh, in our be pod. So good. <laughs> it'd be fine. legendary shit. Man. It would be. <laughs> the other three would be laughing, dying, and the person who happened to very, be very mad. sad. Yeah, I, I straight up might scoop. Yeah, I think <laughs> someone would. I, I think we would have a, a rage scoop. scoop, a rage scoop for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to add. We didn't really talk about this too much, but. Do not pressure people to keep hands. Allow people to have their mulligans. Yes. Like that is a really important part of the game. Um, at every power level, very often games are won and lost on a bad mulligan. If you have a really shitty starting hand and you don't mull it away, like whether you're playing casual or CDH, that is going to really impact your enjoyment of the game. So totally. You got to give still, people the time. I think something that helps with that too is I we used to be and we still are to a degree but we used to be pretty flexible on the mulligan rule of like just keep a good hand we don't want you to like you know have a shitty hand and that almost makes it worse because you kind of keep mulliganing over and over and over again oh sam cough uh but then like (laughs) i think we don't we haven't even really changed that but i think we tend to just like be a little more strict about it like independently like to ourselves like we're like oh if i didn't get a good thing like i'm just going down to six like i chose to do with this deck because i knew that like i brewed it like at a higher power level so like i'm not trying to like play that game and i think that's actually helped a little bit as of late like we tend to just do our two mulligans and like go that way but i think more often than not nowadays if in like a casual game if i have to mulligan down to a four or a five hand um, I usually take it as a sign to switch decks. Yeah, which I think is great. It's like, oh, this deck does not want to be played. Like, let me pull something else out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, MJ, what's your salt rating for this post? I actually have the perfect one for this one, oddly enough. And I'm going to say large size theater popcorn. Oh, level salt. It's like you're just chugging the shit out of that. You're drinking a soda or something, or like you're down in that whole fucker in one <laughs> one sitting. It's like a two-hour movie. You're sitting through the previews, you're sitting through the whole thing, and then like two hours later, you're like, I gotta piss. So yeah, Water. it's like that is that yeah, I, I think is, is the amount of salt. It's like having been there personally, having yeah. you're basically being locked Brutal. out of the game when you are new or just you know, someone going after you doing that. It's no fun. It maybe doesn't necessarily make you want to quit, but it certainly makes you question your life a little bit. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I, I would say large size theater popcorn with or without milk duds. And that's your choice. <laughs> and you're What's... like too full. And and sometimes 
with theater popcorn when it's so salty, you get like chapped lips and your like yeah. tongue hurts and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but you already like, finished oh. your drink, and so you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. suffering. And there's no intermission anymore to like, let's go to the lobby, you know? Yeah. It's like you're gonna miss probably the best part of the movie when you're, you know, going to the concession stand. So you <laughs> Absolutely. know, it's like, yeah, no, no. With salt it's- encrusted fingertips and no napkin to be had. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's, it's like eating pizza and then playing magic, you know? It's like these these some of these things don't go together. <laughs> totally. So. I honestly think the poster nailed it on the head. I think this is literally like a baby has been fed like milk and formula and smushed banana. And then they're given like a potato chip and they're like, whoa, what the fuck? What is this taste? That's disgusting. I don't want anything to do with that. This is like a player that has never experienced salt and then gets hit with like some of the truly saltiest salt you could experience of Mm. getting your lands destroyed when you're already screwed. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Another one, Sam. All righty. So this next one comes to us from our friend Rothbox on Twitter. And this salty story goes as follows. If we're posting salty stories, I have one. Finals of a modern event. I was playing red white soldiers list. It's just humans, but a couple soldier specific lords against a hammer time deck. Opponent is already annoyed. I'm not on meta. It's a game three and it's turn four. I have champion of the parish, Thalia, Kytheon, and tithe taker and Thalia's lieutenant out holding up bolt. They have a shadow spear out in ink moth nexus. I had already bolted their pure steel paladin on his turn. He activates ink moth and goes to equip Shadow Spear and attack, and I bolt on the equip trigger. He's already tilting. He passes it back. I play another lieutenant, and he tries to solitude me, and I ask if he pays the one. He says it's a creature spell, so Thalia doesn't matter, and I point at Tithe Taker and ask if he pays the one. And he just rage scoops, because that's not a real card. Why would I read that crap? And the judge is just <laughs> laughing. Uh, that's so just good old fashioned salt right there. Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> but let's read Tithe Taker real quick. Um, I think we all know Solitude. It's one of the new evoke elementals. It comes into play and, you know, basically is a swords to plowshares on legs. Um, you can pitch a white card to be able to play it for free. It, it's a pretty sick card if you don't have it. But Tithe Taker, this overpowered human soldier, it's a 2-1 for one and a white. And it says, during your turn, spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast. And abilities your opponents activate cost one more to activate unless they're mana abilities. And it also has afterlife one. So when it dies, it makes a 1-1 white and black spirit token. Um, but that is, I love that stuff, man. I love like <laughs> somebody underestimating a deck and then just falling into something and being like, well, fuck your fucking deck is stupid anyways. And just like, <laughs> like okay, well, or you could have just been reading the cards, but whatever. <laughs> reading the cards explains the cards. That's yeah. what they say. It is kind of a cool card that's like a little mini grand abolisher. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of nice. Yeah, I actually do use Tithe Taker on a deck or two just because it's... Really? it's it, yeah, it's like I feel like Grand Abolisher is real salt inducing, especially in more casual tables, because mm, again, it it's like it literally shuts things off. So Tithe Taker is like a 
a fair way to look at it. like don't mess with my stuff and i won't screw with your stuff mm-hmm. it's like just just don't touch me or it's gonna it's gonna sting a little bit yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna say no <laughs> so you, you can still interact i just right. would like you not to yeah, yeah. If you really need to i guess you can like, please please <laughs> sir do not interact with me <laughs> i don't see the saltier it's like literally you sh- you're, you're you're in the finals geez come on you, you yeah should, right you should be paying attention it's like yeah us commander players it's easy for us to lose track of cards but come on when you're playing a 1v1 especially right. especially in like a constructed not a limited or sealed format where it's totally cool to totally not know what a card does right but like when you're playing modern come on you should probably know what these cards do it's not that old a card you know like yeah. 19 something like that yeah so it's yeah. Not that old. yeah so it's like this is not old and it's like yeah i i can see running into that sort of situation where it's like you forgot about that card but you know at some point you just kind of kick yourself and you put your head down and i think you just pass the turn it's it's, it's not reason to rage you come on yeah yeah I, I mean i think we've all like walked into those misplays where you forget the board state a little bit you know it just happens especially like you said mj especially in in edh when the board state just gets insane sometimes but you know you just gotta take the l and just move on you know like you made a mistake whatever you can't remove that thing right now you can't cast that spell too bad put it back in your hand you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) also i i think getting salty about things not being on meta i know thankfully we don't really (laughs) deal with this in commander but that's so stupid it's like enjoy the uniqueness of the game is what i is my perspective on that so someone being grumpy that something yeah. isn't like a top 10 list and then losing to it and being salty about that is like just up your game if your deck is so good because it's meta then it should be able to beat these things i think in commander people almost get salty when your stuff is too meta when yeah. it's like you have that bait like your fucking Moltrotha deck bro yeah <laughs> I mean, we get a little bit of that. We do get a little bit of that meta salt in CDH. Like if someone brings something that's too fringe Mm -hmm. or, or just not even a CDH deck to like a CDH tournament, people are like, why, like, why would you play this weird power level eight deck against? Cause it's just, it throws the balance off in a really crazy way. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I do think that there's a reliance in CDH to some extent that we're all playing a cdh deck that ramps at a specific rate it has a specific power level to it um and it's the being able to keep each other in check if you can't keep the other decks in check and you're just kind of going for your own win like someone blows their load trying to stop someone else and then you're just like completely wide or the next person it's like the next person in turn order just like wins because of it yeah like if i bring a mono blue deck and i'm like yeah but i don't run any counter spells You'd be like, why are you playing that? <laughs> I'd be like, great deck. Fucking laying on me, baby. Let's mm-hmm. see what you got. Okay, Orvar. And then I fucking pub stomped them with Silvala. <laughs> I mean, actually, I I would congratulate anyone for going with a very fringe deck into a tournament because it's like, you know what? If we CDH players can't handle someone bringing something very fringe in there, then it means that I, not them, but I think we are the failures, honestly. Totally. Like, That's we are expecting you know, a certain thing to come up here and we are not expecting Slicer to go to top 16. Yeah, no. I yeah. saw this happen at Silicon Dynasty. I yeah, was sat next to the Slicer say. guy round one. I was sitting yeah. right next to him. Really? He, yeah, I mean, different pods, but uh, 
It's like, I, yeah, I, I took a picture. It's like, hey, Slicer, cool. That seems decent. And then at the end of the day, it's like, holy shit, this is actually going somewhere. That's and it's amazing. Top <laughs> but, you know, you know, but the thing aside, like if you as a CDH player, we always like saying that we're prepared for anything. But I feel like when we get salty about people not bringing CDH, it's like, well, what do you expect? You know, people are yeah. bringing, if they're bringing something off meta, it throws you off just where the advantage goes. Mm-hmm. It goes in their direction. It means we're on the back heel. We like totally. to think we're prepared. But mm-hmm. maybe we're just full of shit, you know? <laughs> I, I really think that, like, we use the meta in CDH, especially sometimes as a panacea, as a crutch, to say yeah. this is how we would like to play CDH. But and it feels kind of gatekeepy sometimes, personally, yeah. too. It, it like, definitely can. Yeah. It really so does. I, I, really, I really commend anyone who brings a fringe deck like Slicer to a CDH event. Because, again, you know what you're getting into. You're probably going to get your face bashed in. But I feel like that kind of gotcha factor right there is not to be you know underestimated i really yeah. think yeah that is that, that, that that's good stuff and if you're not prepared to deal with the unexpected then maybe that says more about you as a player than it does about them i feel like people breaking meta that is basically innovation yeah it's something that's experienced across games like in league of legends you get people that are like mixing up picks and taking characters in roles they never would normally play or like i think even melee had like someone come out like you know years after it being uh kind of established that like you know falco and fox were good or whoever and someone Fucking was like jigglypuff yeah someone was like <laughs> yeah, i can play jigglypuff or like yeah. i think there's yeah. a guy that was like i can play yoshi at a competitive level i think there's just like <laughs> shit that's crazy that people find and and i love mj's point there of like if you're not prepared for that, if you can't handle that, then you're not playing the most powerful things because that just beat you. So yeah. you ha- like you can't say you're playing the most powerful cards or the most you know the strongest format or whatever if you can't keep up with the thing that is just different from what you're expecting. And I think meta breaking in itself is a very healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like off meta decks exist for a reason in CDH. I mean, I have piloted a handful uh i used to have that rurik thar stacks deck and i'm also a moderator of a morass <laughs> discord <laughs> just gotta sneak it in there every episode twice um, this episode <laughs> yeah right which uh you guys love to tease me about and uh you know it's, it's like i said i'm a magic celebrity uh you know? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid but it is like an off meta deck like to be able to to be able to play weird shit like Living Plane and like give people's land summoning sickness, like a lot of decks that is really confusing. And then I'm kind of like the opponent in the second story that we had where I'm shooting people's lands and like locking them out of stuff. So I think anything that like puts a pod off kilter or puts a meta off kilter is probably a good thing. Yeah. And especially if your personal meta is getting stale, like building a deck that is going to break it up and um shake it up uh i don't know why i'm rhyming is break it and shake it break it and shake it baby (laughs) break and shake (laughs) circling back to the post where this guy was not okay with the meta (laughs) breaking (laughs) what do we think about the the salt level of of this guy here okay so i've gone through a can of campbell's soup i've gone through theater popcorn i feel like 
personally, if I was the poster playing Red White Humans, is like, first, good for you. I'm a Boros stan myself. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. I love it. Um, there's there's no assault. Like, you literally did nothing wrong. You're just playing your deck. You're playing your outs. All the cliche stuff we love saying as Magic players, like, that. You're that's what you're doing. As far as the other player, though, it happens. And I, I, I punted a card at Silicon Dynasty that I feel, feel, still feel stupid about playing um, when I should have known more or should have known better. But, you know, literally you move on. But this other person, um, I'm going to say it's like, let's just take a little road trip to a little place called Utah. And then I'm just going to chuck you in the Great Salt Lake. And that <laughs> is where we're sitting with. <laughs> and, 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 and big, yeah, big shout out to uh, Kingdoms, by the way, who did their summit uh, meeting a few months ago back in Salt Lake City. So it's a great city. I wish I'd had more time <laughs> to, to visit. But yes, your lake is pretty much the perfect uh, you know, personification of where this person kind of needs to go soak for a few hours. You, you, you need to go through the pickling process after this, clearly. <laughs> Oddly enough, I literally was going to say this is like trudging through the Dead Sea where... <laughs> The sludge and like salt in the water is so thick that it gives you micro cuts because there's just like so much salt and mineral going through that water. Uh, and so it's a very similar thing. This dude is just like living in the fucking salt, like yeah. over such a minor thing. Like, chill out, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, you guys said it very well. This is just like your classic grade A salt. Somebody made yeah. a misplay and they're like, oh, it's not me. It's you actually <laughs> for playing the card that I didn't read. You are bad. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that's weird logic, but just calm down and, yeah. you know, you, you misplayed. Just don't do it next time. Yeah, the keyword there, classic. Ugh, love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's just like pure grade A salt. It's it, you. It's it's what you get in the, the kosher salt box right off the shelf. I will say I'm going to buy a copy of Tithe Taker because it's fucking sick and I'm going to put it, it in my Alesha human deck. It is good. It's not legendary though, so. But it's just cool. Also, um, I'm pretty sure that that convention in Salt Lake City was held at the Salt Palace Convention Center. Lol. Which I am very, <laughs> very sad that we didn't go to for branding reasons. <laughs> Would have been oh, so good. You guys missed one hell of an event, and I really hope they do that again in 2023. So yeah, use this as kind of like a you know a hype. Uh, hype episode, hopefully for like nine months of, of waiting around <laughs> and hoping to see that the that the kingdoms guys can uh, do round two of this event. Yeah, I would love that. It, it's funny because we were torn between going to that event or going to Magic Thirty Vegas, and we ended up going to Vegas, which you know was a blast. We don't regret it at all. But the only regret I had was like a few weeks after I saw Playing with Power post something about the Salt Palace, and I was like, what? Salt Palace. <laughs> that could have been me there. <laughs> Salt Lake City is a dope city. Yeah, I hear it's really fun. But can't you like not drink booze or something? No, you can, dude. And they've got like great booze there. It's just that there's like weird rules about like what you can drink at like yeah. certain times. But too. it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just like go to like bars, like they can't have stuff on tap. They can have like bottled stuff. Weird. There's like weird weird things but like so i had like really great beer while i was there i was fucked up every night i was i was in salt lake city i was at a barbershop convention i was fucked up every oh, single night yeah that is how it that is how it goes that's how it be that's how it do well awesome guys well i think it might be let me just check my watch let me check the calendar yeah i think it's that time of the week 
<laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's the it's that time of the week. It mm. is. Mm. No, it definitely is. And that was good. That was good. Like it definitely is. It's that time. <laughs> it's the time of the week where we say, Mike, what's the salty card of the week? Well, Sam, I'm glad you asked. The salty card of the week this week. It's the salty card of the week. Just a short one this time. I feel like he gave you, you so many moments. <laughs> I know. I, could, I was like, I could here feel it is. The... Here's another one. Another one for the you. The secret is to let those moments go by. To just let, to watch them and wave to them as they pass. <laughs> you know, the tension increases with every moment. And then he's like, maybe I'm safe. And then, you know, you're not. And I'm coming in. You're not. Well, the salty card of the week this week is Gilded Drake. Ooh. Fuck it, that fucking card. <laughs> no one plays blue. <laughs> so Gilded God, Drake. I fucking hate this card. It's one in a blue. What how Tony feels. <laughs> for a summon Drake. It has flying and it has when Gilded Drake comes into play, exchange control of Gilded Drake for target creature one of your opponent's controls or sacrifice it. And the text might have changed a little bit for Oracle, but that's still roughly what it does. It's also a 3-3. Three, three. So... We'll uh, no, start. This card. <laughs> I'll get to, to Tony in a second. Tony, okay, Tony, hold your fucking salt. killing me. <laughs> MJ, would this card make you salty? This card does actively make me salty in CDH. <laughs> yes, I mean I know we talk about how you know CDH is like fun, inclusive, everyone can have fun here. Yeah, well, no salt says screw you. You know <laughs> I, I'm just gonna take your commander, and I guess I've had my fair share of commanders stolen with Gilded Drake, and then I promptly salt my opponents by hitting them in the face of a 3-3 repeatedly. So yeah, every <laughs> single time, honor bound. It's like, you've got a target on your head, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the kind of salty card where it's like, oh man, I'm going to go punch the wall and then you just return to the game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying, but I'm not going to say it's like, I'm going to, you know, literally tilt the table. This is not totally, totally. Uh, Sam, how do you feel oh, about this salty you card? so hard. <laughs> Don't even let me go. <laughs> uh, could you keep it down over there, Tony? Uh, yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, Gilded Drake does make me salty. I Obviously, we only see it in CDH. When it comes out and it takes your commander, like, it is super frustrating. Especially when does it take your commander, Sam? <laughs> uh, that's enough. When that's does enough that for me, Tony. Tony, please. Fucking Christ. Uh, but, you know, like if I, I, I play a lot of decks where the commander is a win con, like I, I play Thrasios decks, uh, obviously my Marath deck, both of those are infinite mana sinks. So having that taken away, it does make it a lot harder to win from there. Um, the one good thing about like Marath is that if I've got mana up, I can sometimes just kill my own Marath and like get it back to the command zone to, to fizzle the Gilded Drake. Mm. Um, but yeah, Drake is one of those things that like when it comes down, you just you're hoping for like a phantasmal image or something so you can like copy the Drake to get your commander back. And, you know, like you could do a bunch of different things like that to to try to get it back. I do love playing this card, though. I will say <laughs> like it, it, it's one of those cards that I, I'm salty to be on the receiving end, but I do enjoy dropping my own, um, especially with things like that, like Fimage and stuff like that, where you can. Mm you can duplicate it and potentially like, you know, do some goofy stuff or snap the Drake back to your hand, keep the yeah. thing that you stole and like replay the Drake. Like that, that is, that's savagery. That is the best. Yeah. 
Yeah, so thanks for asking me how I feel about it too, Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah, this Mike, one, Mike, how do you feel? Fucking twats. Mike, how do you feel? Can you tell us? This one makes me super salty too. This was like one of the first things that really just shit all over my Halden and Paco CDH deck when I was I was like <laughs> yeah. running the table with it, and then people started running Gilded Drake, and I was suddenly like, oh, I'm I can do nothing. I'm out of the game, and my opponent is getting value. Great, <laughs> like really cool, really cool. Love this. Uh, so yeah, this this card wrecks me. But I agree. It's nice to play it. Anyway, I think that's well, enough. Yeah, teasing. that's our episode. Um, and yeah, that's it for yeah. the salty. You no. guys suck. This card no. fucking sucks. I fucking hate this card. And the fact that Sam has the audacity to sit here on this call and talk about Thrasios getting taken from him. It's happened once or twice. <laughs> me incredibly. I always say that, like, you know, in CDH, generally we don't have salt or like we'll see something in CDH, but we're okay with it. I am not fucking okay with this card. Every time it's played, fucking stuff all gets taken from me. One thing that's my fault is I've never slotted in a fucking homeward path to like get it back. Yeah, but you're like, trash. It's there's scenarios where it shouldn't be fucking Selvala and Selvala still gets taken. And I'm like, this is bullshit. And I'm very upset. I feel and your I'm, pain, I'm Tony. Seething, <laughs> Yeah, like Having I played feel, Twiddle Storm myself, I feel thank your pain. S tier, baby, S tier, <laughs> and like I just it it really gets to my core. As you can tell, I'm feeling so much salt right now. Yeah, it is like a meme in our group to always steal Sephala. <laughs> I feel like Nick specifically, uh, our mythical fourth member, he and Tony often are in a blood feud for one reason or another. <laughs> And when that Gilded Drake comes down, it's almost always taken Selvala. And, and you know what? Like, maybe it's not always the right choice, but it is always a good choice because it gives yeah. you some card draw that you can control and it gives you ramp. Like, it's yeah. not a bad creature to steal, you know? It's a big old dork. Yeah, it's a great dork. Uh, I just and like, it is a linchpin so, to your deck. Like, it shuts down your deck. Yeah, so it really fucking fucks you over. So upset. And you have so few tools to get it back. Like, it's pretty great. It's pretty good. I fucking hate that card so much. (laughs) Like, someone puts it on the stack, and I'm just like, God, you know where it's going. Yeah, they're like, uh, Gilded Drake, any responses? You're like, I know it's coming Uh. for me. (laughs) So, knowing how salty this makes Tony, how high do you think this card is on the top 100 salty cards list? 24. I'll 24. give it a. I'll. I'm gonna give it a 38. Mm. This feels like the kind of card that's since we it doesn't really see play out, outside of CDH. I feel it's actually gonna be on the other end of the spectrum. I'm gonna say 89. Ooh. Well, MJ, you've done an excellent job in reading the casual nature of the salty cards list because this is 74. Oh, so really? it is indeed on the lower end of the that's spectrum. That's because there's yeah. a thousand motherfuckers that haven't seen it, and that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <It's> hell. true. <laughs> oh, man. We I, haven't like, had a salty card in a while. <laughs> hey, Tony, this really gets Tony Maybe going. there's something somewhere else in CDH, but I cannot think of another card in CDH that comes down that that like really upsets me like this does <laughs> been bred into me from our pod like oh, I so good. I yeah, yeah. Ooh, I true. True. Taker is OP. 
Uh, are you uh, gonna stand against tide taker yeah tide taker's going in that siege rhino deck for sure <laughs> oh it for is sure. it's already on the list i put it on the list <laughs> uh, you guys are making me want to actually put the siege rhino i have in the deck at some point it's like you know what the howling saltline guy said it's okay so it's i'm just gonna do it engine yeah honestly siege rhino with a meal and infinite mana you win that's a combo right there the siege it rhino is. combo oh yeah and it's just even good even without those pieces too it's yeah. like you eat in a, in a life gain deck or you know somewhere where you oh, have yeah. some sort of hey whenever you gain life opponent loses you know the sanguine bond or exquisite black oh, yeah. remember which one which one does which yeah um but yeah, yeah it pops off one one piece is like hey you know, everyone loses nine life. I'm going to gain nine life or, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's, a, that's a quarter. Yeah, so it's like you can play Abzan and not play Lifelink. You can play Siege <laughs> Rhino. It's like, this is an archetype. <laughs> and and, and yeah, you can take that to the bank. MJ said this is okay, so it's okay the to Siege Rhino archetype. Yeah, Siege <laughs> Rhino has been approved by two Magic podcasts now. So you put it in your EDH decks for sure. Yes. CDH I'm decks. slotting it into my CDH deck. Yeah, I think about? I'm going to have to do an episode, you know, of Fun Size Spotlight where I literally just pull a card out of my bulk bin and I talk about it for like eight minutes. So I'm going to have to do Siege Rhino on yeah. the coming episode. You got it. Absolutely. Give us that spicy brew. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes our salty card of the week. Thanks, Thanks Mike. for being salty about it, Tony. Yeah, thanks, Tony. We appreciate your antics. <laughs> and thanks, you. Mike. That was a great salty card. And thank you to our prospectors out there for tuning into another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. And thank you, MJ, for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's been awesome. Yeah, this is super fun. Uh, so we mentioned it at the top of the episode, but Mike and I are each on an episode of MTG in Quarantine with MJ. And we're each talking about one of our CDH decks. I talk about Marath. And Mike talks about his Sissé Tudor Chains deck uh, that he played at the recent Mox Masters. Um, tune in. It's it's a fun time. Maybe they're out now. Maybe they're about to be out. Either way, check out MTG in Quarantine and just start eating up those episodes because it's a great show. I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. And MJ, where can we find MTG in Quarantine and uh, any of your your other stuff that you have out there in the ether? Yeah. So anyway, uh, again, hey everybody, it's MJ from MTG in Quarantine, as we've said like a million times during the course of the podcast. But, you know, <laughs> I've got the cool radio announcer voice. I'm just going to do that. Got to anyway. plug it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I do all sorts of cool commander stuff. My podcast, EDH, CDH, uh, non-gameplay stuff. Um, I, I did a recently released, at least at the time of this recording, a Vorthos episode on March of the Machine. Cool. Where I brought mm. some amazing fellow planeswalkers on to just talk about what we think is going to happen. Because by the time this episode comes out, probably we're going to already know most of the stuff about the story. But at the time of the recording, <laughs> we have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> you know, it's it, it was a good time. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to learn to play CDH myself better. And I use these episodes to learn a lot. So it's kind of a fun little journey as I learn, as well as my audience learns and yeah it's just a good time so i highly recommend just checking out my stuff if you haven't before there's probably something for you out there and yeah you can find me on all the major podcast outlets it's like i like to say you can find me on your google Apple, spotify player fm broadcast podcast overcast breaker and a million others and <laughs> I, I literally do that and again sam and mike uh, can attest to me doing that damn very <laughs> yeah episode. he does like, I, I literally <laughs> do that and i try to See how many I can remember without looking at a list. And I usually think about <laughs> nine, and then I forget. So, but yeah, it's it's a great time. Check me out on those podcast outlets. 
uh, the, the Patreon is is there if anyone wants to help support my bullshit. So Love yeah, it. greatly appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. To our listeners, definitely check out the MDG and Quarantine podcast. It's a great time. And if you are looking for more Howling Salt Mine content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Howling Salt Mine. We have our extra salt episodes on there. You're getting one a month when you're coming in our dashed here. And we also have our new Patreon show called Stray Grains, Stray Grains from the Salt Shaker. It's the little segments, the little asides, things like that that get cut from our normal episodes. We're taking those, bottling them into this new short form show that we're doing. It's got like some funny NPR vibes that we're really loving. Uh, so come and check it out. It, it's a good time. We're just kind of sprinkling those sporadically into your Patreon feed. Um, and if you want one of your posts featured on a future Howling Salt Mine episode, one of your salty stories, salty confessional, a time you made your buddy really pissed off and it was hilarious, email them to us at thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com or DM them to us on Reddit and Instagram, where we are, the Howling Salt Mine, or on Twitter, where we are, Howling Salt Mine. We could not get the the. And of course, if you... Um, Another great way to support the show is giving us a five-star review in whatever podcast app you're listening to. We always appreciate when you do that. And of course, we have to shout out our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett. Uh, if you are ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit up his tattoo shop and get a tattoo from this guy. He's really cool, super talented, and we love to have his art on our podcast. And that's it for us. Thanks again to MJ for joining us. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling salt mine. The howling salt mine. Welcome back, prospectors, to another. Fucking hit my watch on the goddamn table. Wow. Hold on. Wow. Do this is classic. This <laughs> is such a fucking scrub. All right. See you guys in later. front of our guests, too. <laughs> Just embarrassing oh, unprofessionalism <laughs> through the roof. I am using Scryfall, Mike. You'd be Yay. Proud of me. I'm so happy. <laughs> you bring me joy. Oh, crap. I have to log in now. No. Uh, okay. I, I will quickly log in. So you, if you guys can bullshit for like 30 seconds. I'll oh, yeah. Oh, magic of editing. This is gone. Yeah, the magic of editing. This is Don't gone. Even uh, okay. Sam, edit that out, please. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Tony. Beep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 